0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. When you
1: look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877 MPB, the, the number four, car. Need to have some work done? If you're enjoying on your truck, this podcast. I'm Thursdays you to at 10, to Saturdays terms, at 11. The show about MPB you and your ride reminds you that MPB is where we find interesting legal go. topics to Both bring to you and let you know how the MPB law car affects car. you. MPB and cars. Find illegal terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, legalterms.mpbonline.org.
0: From MPB Think Radio, you are tuned to Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the good folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. Today, we will be your guides through Mississippi's vast and wonderful foodways landscape. Today, we are excited to have a special guest. An authentic African cuisine restaurant has opened in Jackson. Sambu's African Kitchen. Joseph Sambu will be with us this morning. Quickly becoming a destination for Gambian delights, Sambu's African Kitchen is a hub for the African and American communities here in Jackson. We'll also love to hear what's going on in your kitchens, and we will share What's going on in ours? Join the conversation. Shoot us an email to food at org. We are having a wang-dang-doodle right here in the studio. We studios. are, Malcolm. Carol I told and you, and I, I think
2: I've had a little too much caffeine this morning.
0: And you're hoppy. Yes. So we're hopping about the studio. Well, how are you, Carol?
2: I'm good, Mal. I've had a great a- weekend. Um, beautiful out in the country. Mm. Fishing, got some brim caught yesterday that'll Have be on the plate fried tonight. fried those
0: brim yet? Tonight's the night. Tonight, okay. Well, yeah, it's been a busy weekend uh, at uh, our home. We had uh, Ann and Rob Norris, my mother and father-in-law in town, because my wife's school, the canopy school, had a big fundraiser Saturday night, so... It was black tie, Carol. So I, I know I, I would have we called just to good. see you
2: in a tux. It's been a while, Mal. It's been a while,
0: Java. You should have seen me in my tuxedo, man. I mean, I was styling and profiling. But anyway, that was nice. Uh, very busy weekend. Had the grandkids over, and uh, that was fun. Uh, Kara cooked uh, a really nice dish last night. She cooked uh, some halibut, and what she did she she, she squeezed the lemon over it before she dusted it. So instead of a traditional wash, if one is using a wash, uh, she put a layer of lemon, and then, then the dusting of the light dusting with flour, and then the panaying, and then she uh, roasted almonds in a, a sort of a Meunier butter sauce, and put them on top of it, and it was really delightful. That that second layer of lemon there, which is next to the halibut, was the kicker. She then cooked some um, zucchini, sweet potatoes, and a risotto with green beans. So I ate well yesterday, Carol.
2: Well, Malcolm, you always eat well, but because her mama and daddy were in town, I bet she put the big pot in the little pot and showed off.
0: That's right. That's what we do. She also took a bunch of blueberries and made a compote, and so I've had blueberry compote from my ice cream uh, this weekend. I like that.
2: Well, I can't compete with that. All I can say is I introduced the first turkey soup to the season.
0: Now let's talk about the turkey because Java and 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 yourself and, and little old me, we all gathered around this turkey for an upcoming expose.
2: Yes, in- it's a, a, <laughs> a cover story expose that... Our listeners can be looking forward to, but, you know, I believe in using every last bit of the turkey. Indeed. So I gave some to you. I
0: had uh, I had turkey entree, and then we had turkey sandwiches, so we put it to good use at our house.
2: Yes, I gave some to Java.
0: He's thumbs up in he's there. He's thumbs up. He's, he's he's a little hoarse this morning. He he's not wishing to communicate. He's he, all sign language this morning. For okay,
2: as long as he'll play us some good music coming in, we'll <laughs> we'll be well. good. We'll be good with that. But anyway, I took the turkey. Uh, I fed John a couple mm-hmm. of meals with it. I made a it's like a, a turkey with cream sauce that he used to have when. You know, he was a kid growing up in, in Corinth and uh ac- actually they served at the Twenty One Club in New York. It's just like a white well, sauce. Corinth with turkey Twenty one club. I mean, it's what the can same you thing. say? I mean then I boil that bad bird down, <laughs> made some stock and some turkey soup. So <laughs> just just because Kara is making all these wonderful dishes at the puckett palmer household. We're into the first soup of the season.
0: Well, we have, we've made our first soup, and uh, it is uh, an acorn squash soup. And you don't know this yet, but as I give you a ride home after the show, you're going to be gifted with some of this uh, squash soup. So you're going to be loaded up on soup.
2: That, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, Mal. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, have you seen the state fair?
0: Well, how can I not it is, see it? Uh,
2: I drove by yesterday coming from Edwards. There's, like, stuff everywhere. everywhere.
0: Right. Tis the season. And, of course, I drive by it every morning on my way to Hallamow's as it is – the fairgrounds is located uh, there adjacent to Hallamow's. So uh, I do see it every day. And uh, so far, I will say, uh, we've been busy. Normally during the fair, our business is slow. But last week was fairly busy, and I'm grateful. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's
2: because people are at the fair eating funnel cakes. They're eating fried butter. They're eating – uh, chicken and chicken on a stick, turkey on a stick.
0: Okay, you know what? We're going to take a call uh, here early from one of our favorite listeners, Sue in Beaumont, Mississippi. You know, Hello, we hadn't Sue. heard
2: from Sue in a while. What's going
1: on? How are y'all doing today? <laughs> doing great. How are you? Well, I want I want to know if there is such a thing as a, a more lightweight cast iron than than, than what I use now. I mean, is there such a thing as lightweight, cast-iron cookware? And after that, I want to ask you another question, but this this is really bugging me because I made a pineapple upside-down cake in, in my regular skillet, and I, I have a mustard disease my arms and hands a week. Mm. I was pulling that skillet out of the oven, and I inadvertently turned upside-down on the floor, and oh, I no. really didn't have an upside-down cake.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Literally.
1: Oh, is there such a thing as more lightweight, cast-iron? so i'm
2: I'm gonna take this question because I had a gourmet store for thirty something years, the everyday gourmet, which by the way still is in existence here in Jackson. But that is something that came up regularly with us because as you know people age and their hands get weaker, you know there's arthritis, all kinds of issues. people have a hard time using cast iron and the enameled cast iron, like Le Creuset and and Stobes. So that's a a problem. Now, yes, there are new lightweight cast iron products. Um, I have not had much experience uh, with them because, you know, part of the beauty of cast iron is because it is thick and it does hold heat and those are very special you know qualities about it mm-hmm. but indeed there are there are a number of lightweight cast iron cookware they're great uh lightweight i'm i'm trying to think of a brand but uh indeed there are indeed there are so I would, I would try that. It, it's probably not going to have exactly the performance you're looking for, mm-hmm. but it's just not worth dumping your cakes on the floor <laughs> to have that hand strength. And you go, turning turn a pan over after you've cooked in it is yeah. It's yeah. hard, too. So I, I hear you on that.
1: I want to ask you all another question right quick. I thank you for that insult, by the way. Uh uh, can I ask you another question right quick?
0: Absolutely. Go ahead. Do
1: you, you know a source where I can find caponata? I used to find caponata in the little bitty cans you know, at Hudson's Salvage Store when you'd get the imports from from uh, uh, Italy or somewhere. It, it's, I think Progresso was the brand name of it. comes in little bitty cans.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, it, had,
1: it had some eggplant, and it had some... Tomato stone, onions, and onions. Yep. Mm-hmm. oh Oh, that stuff was delicious! But I can't find it anywhere. Well, I tell
2: you something. I'm not sure that the Beaumont grocery store is going to carry caponata, but you will find it um, in places like. Fresh Market in Jackson or, you know, Trader Joe's or Whole Mm -hmm. Foods or the more gourmet stores or small gourmet stores like the Everyday Gourmet. I was going to say,
0: what about the Everyday Gourmet? Yeah,
2: yeah. But then the great thing is it's not hard to make. I mean, if you have some oil and some eggplant and some either sun-dried tomatoes or tomatoes and onions, you can do that that yourself. Or you can always order online. There are a bunch of great... Italian uh, online online stores, stores that yeah. ship.
1: Okay, I, I made some once and it was so good, but I, I never have all the ingredients together. One time it seems like you know, right. but it's so good, I, I just love it.
2: Well, get 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 online and I bet they'll send it directly to Beaumont. Well,
0: thank you Well, no, thank you, thank you. Sue. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to our show and for calling and sharing and asking these quality questions. I mean, this, these are great questions. And, you know, the black skillet, um, you know, I still have my grandmothers. In fact, we cooked steaks in ours last weekend. And I tried a little bit different uh, style, Carol. I rubbed the steak in vegetable oil as opposed to olive oil, which mm-hmm. I have traditionally rubbed my steak in because someone told me it I was probably, it's burning, you know, the exterior. So I used vegetable oil. And then I dusted it with white pepper and salt because
3: uh-huh.
0: someone told me this was a different approach. Grilled those steaks in my grandmother's cast iron skillet and man, oh man, oh chevets—it was it good. <laughs>
2: It sounds absolutely divine. I have my grandmother's cast iron skillet too.
0: Aren't we are fortunate? Yeah, we are the lucky ones.
2: Yeah, I wrote an essay for I can't remember what publication, but the title was "She Got the Diamonds, I Got the Cast Iron," (laughs) and that was fine with me.
0: (laughs) Hey, on the twelfth day of September, I believe it is. It's National Gumbo Day. I'm thinking it's September. However, it's could October. be October, but it's, I see up yes, here. Yes,
2: okay. Well, it is October, and it's my brother Richard Puckett's birthday. Oh, and happy birthday! Could, and Richard. if I could grab him, I could bring him to Howland Mouse for on. National Gumbo Day because if there is one place, I would celebrate National Gumbo Day. That's where it is.
0: And let me say this about the gumbo that we sell: it is my aunt Mertis Stewart Cron's recipe, and we learned it uh, at the Mary Walker Bio. Outside of Goche, uh, because they had a little camp there and a boat, and we would crab and shrimp and fish, and she would bring tomatoes and okra from Wiggins that she grew in her garden, and she would make this magnificent gumbo. And uh, I, we were we have been proud to serve it at Hallam House for thirty
2: seven years, and I've been proud to eat it for just that long. But let me ask you just one question. Yes. Until this morning, when you saw Java,
1: mm-hmm.
2: did you actually know it was National Gumbo Day I did on not. Wednesday? I did not. What are you going to do different in your life now that you know that?
0: Uh, I'm going to wear a different shirt.
2: Well, I suggest that you promote it on your Facebook page for Hal and Mouse and tell the world and tell your your people this National Gumbo Day. I can do that. And make some extra gumbo.
0: Extra gumbo. Yep. Now, do you have a family soup or gumbo or stew chili recipe that you can date back to an aunt or grandmother or... Cousin or something?
2: Sadly not. My bus- my people were busy frying chicken and making <laughs> cornbread and the mobile people were <laughs> frying oysters. We were too busy frying to, no. uh, too
0: busy frying to, to make soups.
2: But I personally
0: yes.
2: am making uh family memories with April McGregor's turkey mm. gumbo and
0: um, Well your turkey g- gumbo is somewhat legendary.
2: Well it is now that I've been working on it since we first met April McGregor.
0: Well, okay, good. That's that's that's. Well, we've got all
2: that. I'll put all that in perspective. We shall. We shall. I'm working on duck gumbo this year. I did a couple of them last year.
0: My brother made a fabulous duck and andouille sausage gumbo every Thanksgiving.
2: Yes, he did. And uh, before he passed away, I actually got him to make a big load of duck gumbo you know, ordered it through Helen Males mm-hmm. to serve for our own Thanksgiving.
0: Well, I sure do miss it. I brought the because, ducks. Yeah. You bring the ducks. <laughs> we'll make the gumbo. We're so excited to have Joseph Sambu in the uh, waiting room out here. We've been waiting, Carol. Yes, we have. To have Joseph on the show. And you have been to his restaurant many Multiple times. Multiple times. I unfortunately have not yet. But we're going to talk. But
2: today's the day because we're going to taste something.
0: That's right. So, coming up, Joseph Sambu from Sambu's African Kitchen right here in Jackson, Mississippi. It is new and it is serving authentic West African and Gambian dishes. We're excited about that. So, Joseph Sambu is joining us this morning. We're going to Gambia, y'all.
2: We're going to the west coast of Africa.
0: The west coast of Africa. The
2: smallest country in Africa.
0: All right. Welcome, Joseph Sambu. We're so glad you're here, my friend.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. We are
0: so excited about your new restaurant, and uh, we know it's a family affair.
4: Absolutely.
0: And why don't you tell our listeners where you're located, just for starters.
4: Um, currently, we are located at 1625 East Countyland Land Road. Um, it's right up opposite where McDonald's is. Mm-hmm. So if you know the intersection of... Um, Pear Orchard, and County Line. Absolutely. Yeah, that establishment right there is exactly where we are. I think Margaritas uh, Margaritas, has been there for a long time, so we are right next to Margaritas.
0: And, Carol, you used to have the Everyday Gourmet right there. I had a
2: store for decades there, the Everyday Gourmet uh, on County Line Road, and I'm proud to say after I sold it to the fabulous Marlena Walters, they moved it on the other end of of County Line Road, halfway down. Beautiful. But I know your shopping center, I feel very at home when I come to the restaurant.
4: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's one thing we have accomplished because the idea was to make people feel at home when they visit us. and, And that's the whole tradition in Africa when you have guests in your home, you want to feel you know help them feel at home and by inviting them and providing them food that they can enjoy, so uh, I'm glad that you feel that way when you visit us.
2: Thank you, but your family has has quite an interesting story. I'm, I'm guessing Sally is your mom. Yes,
4: is, that's correct.
2: And she worked for the American Embassy in Gambia for years. Yes, and yes. that earned your family the right to come to the U.S.? Yes,
4: that's correct. Um, yeah, she, as long as I can remember, she has worked for the embassy for a very, very long time. And it's not like a lucrative job or top position. She she was just a um, housekeeper. Uh, but she was very, very good at the job, and they kept promoting her. And then she started working with the staff at the clinic, and then eventually she started working with the clinic uh, itself. And then, But she worked there for a long time. And at the time, the American Embassy, they had a program where um, members of their staff can qualify to apply for a program that would earn them a green card so they can travel here and become permanent residents. And their children under the age of 21 at the time can also qualify to become permanent residents. And I was one of the lucky ones in my big family uh, to be part of that program. Mm
2: So why Jackson, Mississippi?
4: Uh, That's a good question. So when we first arrived, we were basically trying to find out where we can fit in. Um, And then we had aunts and uh, we have family here. So uh, I have an aunt here. One was in Alabama. The other one was in Jackson, Mississippi. But they moved here because um, they wanted to do hair braiding. It's one of Uh the things that African, uh, especially women, are very good at. And the people here in Mississippi really appreciated that, the quality uh, of the service they provide. So she was here for a long time before we even arrived. And then she invited my mom. We were in uh, Maryland, Silver Spring at the time. And she invited my mom to come here and try it out because it's a very good business. People seem to appreciate our work. Um, Yeah, so we came down here, and uh, my mom never moved out since. I had to move and go to New York for college. But, yeah, um, yeah.
2: I think you found Jackson a little quiet. It, yeah. it wasn't what you
4: were thinking, was it? No, no. Um, the only time I I, I I found out about Mississippi a while back in Gambia was when we read. You know, I read a book about Mississippi, and it was very, very interesting. Um, so, I, I, when I heard the word Mississippi, when my aunt told me, we're in Mississippi, I so I have to go check it out. Oh. But when I arrived, it, it was a little too quiet. Mm. People are laid back. I was looking forward to a more vibrant city. You're you know, looking like... for
2: bright lights, big city. <laughs>
4: That's what we <we're> say. <laughs> exactly. Tall buildings. Like, we were in Africa. We watched movies. You see all right. these tall buildings in New York City. So, you have this imagination. Everywhere in the U.S. is like that, you know. And you come, it's like, oh, okay, this is just residential area. Okay, so I decided, okay, I'm going to go to New York, go to college, and then uh, because it's too quiet here, uh, I did have to spend some time here, help my mom settle down first, and then I decided to go to New York to uh, to go to college there. Did you
0: study uh, culinary? I mean, how did you get interested in the food business?
4: Uh, that's a very good question because this was never part of the plan. I was never, um, it, it never, even, it wasn't even, It was never a vision for me. Um, I was a political science student and uh, public (laughs) administration and then law school. And then so, but yeah, this is just something that came up through uh, friends and family that we had here in Mississippi that have been encouraging my mom to open an African restaurant. So basically encouraging my mom, not myself, to open an African restaurant because every Sunday we'll have a family dinner and my mom will invite all of our American friends basically to come and try African cuisine, authentic African cuisine, and when they try, they're just blown away. Wow, we have never had something like this. You should really think about opening a cuisine here. So uh, you
2: you had another job when you came back to Mississippi, or and do you still do that job?
4: When I when I moved here, finally, I was just basically wrapping up um, my my job in New York. I was working for the New York State government at the time. Um, so I decided when we decided to finally move to start this experiment, I decided, okay, I'm going to quit my job because they won't let you work here and um, New York at the same time. So I, I took the risk, you know, to to start this business and say, okay, let's see what people of Mississippi have uh, to offer because they've been encouraging us to go ahead and start this business. So I decided to quit that job and open this.
0: And how long has the restaurant been open?
4: It's been open seven months this, uh, this Relatively month. Relatively yeah. new. Yeah, very new. And, and how
0: how is it going? Uh,
4: wonderful, wonderful. It's uh, it's actually beat my imagination. Like this is not something that we expected, because um, when we were opening, we were very, you know, I was skeptical about, mm. you know, how it was gonna work, and so we needed a backup plan in case it doesn't work. Uh, but so far it's been um, the support has been overwhelming in a good way. Um, Because when we open, people have been lining outside the door just to wait, you know, to try our food. Uh, And every day I get calls, text messages and emails, people telling me, thank you for bringing this to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, And it it basically aligned with the goal that we had in mind to basically introduce the African cuisine. Because we have a small African community here. Uh, And when I was in New York, you can go anywhere and find an African restaurant. But you come here... It's not a lot of options in terms of African cuisine, and but what really uh, impressed me was, um, or is, the amount of support that we're getting from the locals and the Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, the, most of our support has come from uh, Americans themselves, uh, which is which is good because they are the ones that actually started encouraging my mom to open an African restaurant. So. It's been wonderful.
2: Are there other Gambians here, or is it a more diverse African community?
4: Yeah, it's it's diverse, but we do have other Gambians here that we have met through the African the, the restaurant. So the the restaurant has become a hub for Africans all over to come and uh, basically meet each other. So. Uh, we had Gambians here that we didn't know they were here until they visited the African restaurant because they heard about it and wanted to come check it out because it, it was never something they thought about. Um, so they came and we knew. And some of them, we, we actually knew each other before. We didn't even know they were here. So it has become this very avenue where people can just come and meet each other and go, wow, I didn't even know you were here. So uh, I think it's serving more a purpose more than just you know right. African food. A gathering yeah. place, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we uh, we had your food. It was on the day that they published a story about it in the Clarion Ledger, mm-hmm. and my husband said, "Okay, this today we are we are doing this." <laughs> so we sent uh, his his grandson actually lives in Tanzania. Oh wow! And yeah he was all in okay, and yeah I've always learned in the food business you know don't really go in the first you know right when they're they're first open but yep. man we we got meat pies mm-hmm. you know oxtail chicken yassa. Mm-hmm. uh it it was just delicious and Thank you. and now uh, yeah i've I've not sat down in the restaurant in fact, the first time i I was in the restaurant was mm. a couple of months ago, and it is it is just so lovely because. Thank you we we take you know we are takeout people we're oh, okay and also you are one of the best and only restaurants open on sunday night right and so right. we are sunday night oh, customers okay. <laughs> and i think that that's that's a really uh good good marketing to jackson because yeah, yeah. you know finding a good family sunday night uh place is
4: yeah it's and rare. that's that's exactly one what we wanted to accomplish make it a family place right you know, um uh, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, um, you can come here and feel at home. Um, and that's the tradition we wanted to introduce, but thank you. Um, yeah, when we first opened, it was it was a little um, overwhelming. And at the moment, I don't know when uh, was the last time you were there, but... We had to expand. We actually expanded the dining area just to accommodate the number of people that are coming yeah, in. Yeah, I
2: think I've come since you've you've
4: well, yeah, yeah expanded. Right. So yeah, that, when uh, I first
2: started coming chicken yassa was the Wednesday night dish and now it's the Tuesday night dish. Yes, yes. And you've added another another yassa. <laughs> yeah. So I I want you to describe this Malcolm is one of your people because mm-hmm. he loves stews and braises and and uh, tell him about what your mom's doing back in the kitchen with all that stuff.
4: Wow, well, yeah, the chicken yassa is actually one of our favorite um, dishes, especially in Africa. It's, it's it's not too heavy, it's light, uh, but it's and it's very simple at the same time. It's basically onion marinated in mustard, uh, lemon, and then you just you know take the chicken. It, but the preparation. Of the chicken is like you know you start that morning preparing the chicken. All you right. wash it with vinegar and uh, and then let it sit for a while and then start marinating the, the onions and the mustard. So it's very very simple, but it's one of our most most mm, delicious. Sounds chicken. delicious. Yeah, uh, I think the
2: long marinating times are are one of the features. Yeah, of of your food, yeah. and I think I, I've heard that your mom like marinates some of her. Beef and stuff for for days.
4: Yeah, the especially the oxtails. I think what makes us stand out is the amount of time and commitment we take to prepare the food. Um, so we don't cook it a day before. We prepare it a day before. So uh, it takes hours to prepare, for, especially for the oxtails. So you mm-hmm. have to marinate it and it has to be really marinated, so it, it needs a lot of time for all that marinade to to, to, to actually seep inside the meat and then let it sit and then start cooking the cooking process. And oxtails especially is very, very hard to cook because it's, it's, it's not it's not like a beef. Right. So uh, we have to use a pressure cooker basically to make it really oh. soft. And But you also don't want to lose that um, that that spiciness of, of the oxtail. So you have ginger uh, that's mixed with soy sauce and um, uh, and all of that mixed in with some uh, peppers, all of that mixed in. Uh, so it takes time for all of that to be absorbed by the meat. And then that's why my mom and my sister, who is also the, the head chef, Um, let them sit, you know, let the meat sit for a while, like five, six hours before they actually start cooking it.
2: Well, when Malcolm and Java and I come, which I wish it could be in just a few minutes, (laughs) but we're going to have the meat pies. Okay. So tell tell everybody about the meat
4: pies. The meat pies are our top sellers right now. Everyone that tries them, uh, and we we take these... um, For for, us, they're ordinary, yeah, because it's something that we just eat every day, but people are just blown away once they try the meat pie. And the meat pie is just um, uh, beef that is mixed with all types of vegetables and peppers that's chopped. Uh, We mix it just like we do with the oxtail, season the meat, and then it's uh, it's just a pastry, basically looking like a pastry. Um, And then use a fork, kind of, and just basically design it the way you want. So it's basically a mixture of beef, Uh, peppers um, and then um, uh, some lime a little bit of lemon um, and then you just you know wrap it up basically uh, in a pastry Mm -hmm. yeah
0: right. our guest today is Joseph Sambu of Sambu's African Kitchen new to Jackson Mississippi out on County Line Road we're so glad that you're open and we're delighted that you could join us this morning we've got a couple of callers I'd like to uh, 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 Joseph before you joined us we uh, had a caller ask about whether or not there was a lightweight cast iron uh, skillet that they could use. And Jason from Eupora is calling to respond to that uh, question about lightweight cast iron. What's going on, Jason? First of all, I apologize for interrupting. I really want to hear about the restaurant now. Well, there will be plenty more coming. Just... Plenty more. Oh, yeah. um, but, no, the, she should check out uh, carbon steel. Carbon, carbon steel. Carbon Okay. They're a lot less than cast iron. They use the same polymer surface that you, you know. You season it the same way, you cook with it the same way. Um, you have to be careful with a blast stove because they can warp hmm. and uh, they don't have the heat retention of a cast iron, but they can weigh as little as half as much. And if you're skilled with a using a nonstick surface on a cast iron, you can use it with this and you can flip an omelet or whatever you need. It's carbon steel pans or there's a lot of manufacturers. Great. <clears throat> Well, Jason, thanks a million uh, for listening and for calling with that info.
2: That's a great tip. That's
0: a great tip, and we appreciate it. Uh, And before we uh, re-engage with Joseph, we've got another caller from Mobile. Mikey is calling uh, about a comment about the first time that she uh, had African food. Hey, Mikey.
3: Hey, you guys Uh, and gal. Um, (laughs) Wonderful to hear you as always. Uh, But first of all, yeah, the, the, the walk. Will also work as a carbon steel substitute for a lot of things that you want to cook. Um, But to get to what my real comment here is that the first time that I ever had African food was in Chicago. And uh, the most amazing thing to me, it was all now, okay, now I got to leave, bring this up. Um, It was. I was vegetarian and had been for a while at that time. Uh, but so the amazing, amazing food to me, served to me, but not to my two uh, beefy, <laughs> loving <laughs> um, um, companions who had grown up, you know, near Chicago. Uh, it, what was, it was still amazing to them, too. So they got what they wanted, I got what I wanted, is what I'm saying. Right. But the most amazing thing that we all got was, uh, and I believe it's called NAN, N-A-A-N. The uh, bread, the bread is so, it was, whatever they gave us, if that's not what it's called, please inform me. All that's right. Here.
0: Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> Appreciate it. What kind of bread do, do you offer at the restaurant, Joseph?
4: Well, currently we have, um... Uh, what we call pancake balls. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's basically, uh, we don't call it bread, it's called pancake balls. And it's usually traditionally in Africa when you have a naming ceremony or uh, a a wedding um, and your guests come in, there's a to-go bag that is prepared for every single guest that comes to the event. And when they leave, you have a, a, a basket of the meat pies that has to be prepped and then the pancake balls that has to be prepped so a pancake ball is basically a dough like a sweet dough like kind of ball it's like a pancake but we make it into a ball that customers take with them and then our guests take with them but uh, the closest we come to bread is the Ethiopian cuisine that is a soft, spongy, dough-like kind of bread mm-hmm. uh, that you use to scoop, um, like the steel. Like the because steel. they don't
2: use utensils. They use the bread, yeah, actually. Exactly. To, exactly. You use one-hand one, one hand, fingers to right. push to push it into the bread.
4: Exactly. So you use the bread to scoop up the steel that, is, that has lentils and all that, um, the vegetables as well.
2: Gotcha. Hey, we had a comment. I just got... A text from our friend Donna Barksdale asking about vegetarian options.
4: That's a good question. We have been getting that um, uh, question, and then which is why we brought back the Ethiopian uh, item because the Ethiopian basically provides a very, very good um, vegetarian option. Um, without the meat, so basically you have the bread. The vegetarian is really delicious. Um, I'm not a vegetarian. I don't do vegetables a lot. Uh, I like I like a lot of meat. So, but uh, we decided to bring back a vegetarian <clears throat> option, and I will highly, highly recommend the Ethiopian vegetarian option.
0: Great, yeah. Joseph. Your food is uh, Gambian style, West African style. Um, And we've talked a little bit about the dishes uh, that you serve and the ingredients and the techniques and procedures and recipes that you use. Are there any similarities that you have seen between West African cuisine and Southern cuisine, the the food of of Jackson, Mississippi, that you have come to call home?
4: Not a whole lot of similarities. And I say that because of the seasoning of the food that we have, Um, we noticed that we actually had to tone down the seasoning at the restaurant because people, were, oh, this is this is spicy. Or yeah. um, and we we do have customers that like it spicy, and we basically they call it they call it the Gambian spicy. Bring me the Gambian spicy because they want to test it and mm-hmm. see how far they can get, uh, they can go with the spice level. Um, so yeah, but not a whole lot of similarities. Um, we don't have a lot of uh fried food. Um, but we also try to basically balance it uh, in a way that the people here will basically have, see similarities. Um, so customers usually notice the similarities that more, more than we do. Uh, but we don't really have a lot of similarities in the way we prepare the food and the food that we have.
0: Hmm. Uh, what do you use for the heat?
4: The heat we basically use depending we right now we're using a lot of uh black pepper. Black pepper. Uh mm. yeah, we have um basically pepper that um that we basically use a blender. Um mm. uh, we call it big peppers. So um and then we basically blend it to gro- to ground it and right. then use it to put in the sauce or so like the steel of the Oxtail um, uh, so basically that's where we the heat most of the heat comes from mm. and for example the curry chicken has uh, it's more flavorful than uh, it's not really hot but it's flavorful um, so but because of the mixture of all of the spices like the carrot the black pepper and um, the bell peppers that's chopped up and blended inside that curry is it, it gives it a very big flavor mm-hmm. uh, but it's not really spicy gotcha yeah.
0: Now, you have a very special Friday and Saturday night dinner that you do at the restaurant. Can yes. you explain that to us? Yeah,
4: it's it's uh, the Ethiopian injera. It's a very, very delicate and special uh, menu item. Um, and for a while, we've been struggling to bring it back because uh, of all of the African cuisines that I know of, I think that is the most sophisticated menu item that we had because of the amount of time that it takes to prepare And to make it. Um, uh, So my girlfriend and her family are from uh, Ethiopia. So I think that is part of the representation of the East African side. So it's an African restaurant. Yes, we are from West Africa, but we do have representation from East Africa, which is my girlfriend's side of the family. So eventually we want to include um, cuisines from as many parts of Africa as possible. But for the Ethiopian jarrah, it's uh, very, very sophisticated. It takes days, even longer than it takes for, uh, to prepare. Than the Gambian? Yes, oh, yes, wow. so even longer because they use um, a very, very special flour, uh, and it's very hard to get. Uh, they call it teff, uh, T-E-F-F. Uh, it's a very, very specific flour that you have to get, and then you have to let it ferment, basically, so it has to be in a bucket and let it basically cover it tight. It has to be tightly sealed. Mm-hmm. No one can open it for a amount of days because it needs to ferment and basically um, sweat. Gotcha. And then you use that once after two, three days. The longer you leave it, the better. All right? So it has to come out in a very, very specific way. And if you open it and you see something not right, you're not satisfied. You have to do it all over again, which is very, very special uh, so it takes time to prepare something like that. That's the that's where the bread comes from. And the bread comes out in a very um, uh, certain shapes, like spongy-looking kind of soft sourdough right. bread. Yeah. So it's very, very sophisticated. So it's not something you can do every day, which is why it takes a whole week to prepare for Saturday and Sunday. And we also know that that's when families have a lot of time for themselves to come out and enjoy food, and we want to make it so that they can be, be be able to do that. And weekends is when we chose to do that.
2: Well, I know that dish is particularly expensive on your menu. Yeah. As, as several of the long cook So do people come and eat... Family style, so that is a dish that would be shared around the table?
4: Yes, we encourage, um, if you're coming to Sambu's to have the African experience, we encourage them to try uh, eating the way we would eat at home. So at home, we just basically have a big plate on the center of the table, and everyone basically gathers around, and we share that plate. Uh, And it basically just shows the love, uh, the trust that you have for each other as a family. Uh, And it's expensive because of the amount of time it takes, Mm -hmm. you know, to prepare. And, you know, the food that we have to get to prepare it, the items are not available here in Mississippi. So we have to get the items from Atlanta, from New York, some even from people traveling from Ethiopia to here. Yeah. So it's a very delicate process.
0: Got a caller from Greenwood, Mississippi, uh, Williams, on the phone. He has a question for Joseph about oxtail soup.
4: What's up? Yeah. We do have, uh, thank you for the question, we do have oxtail soup, uh, and I think now is the perfect time to actually come out and try the oxtail soup. Uh, If you enjoy spicy food, um, the oxtail soup would be a very, very good option, but we also have an option where you can tell us to tone it down a little bit just to meet your standards. But the oxtail soup is basically the tail end of the oxtail. So the oxtails come from the tail of the ox, like the cattle. So the tail end of the uh, the uh, the oxtails is what we use for the soup. Mm-hmm. yeah for the soup and then it has blended um carrots uh, and then mix basically mixed vegetables and bell peppers so it's really good
0: William <clears throat> did that answer your question or did you have a more specific question
3: uh, I've got one thing and when I was a kid I used to see it everywhere but now I haven't seen it for years in the stores and I was up in a big city and I found one uh, by hands and it was like fifteen dollars for a little old fifteen ounce can I said to myself what is going on? Like, you can't even buy oxtails in the supermarket, so what what is wrong? Is it, uh, is it are they run out of
4: ox sales? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Oxtail is actually one of the is the hottest item basically at Samboos and it's been tough to basically match the demand of, uh, uh, from the customers. Oh, and okay. what it, what the thing about the oxtail is they are very, very expensive. Mm. Right <clears> now, <throat> we are selling them at a loss because we wanted to satisfy the customers because we can't serve it. Um, we can't basically match the food cost of the oxtail. So we wanted to basically help the customers and lower the price a little bit because we've seen how much people enjoy the food and we want to make it but it's very very expensive so we mm-hmm. want to make it affordable for the customers
0: well there you have it uh, another supply issue We've got another caller on the, <clears throat> on the phone from jackson edgars on the phone he recently traveled to africa and has some comments what's going on edgar
1: hi there uh... yes uh... i had uh, a couple of comments i have i was in west africa uh... well back back in the eighties and i was wondering when we were there we had uh... Exposure to a nice fish dish, number one, and number two, I love that West African beer. Uh, do you have any fish, or do you, what are your beverages in the restaurant?
4: Uh, thank you for the question. Um, yes, we do have beverages. We have what we call the hibiscus juice. Uh, it's basically hibiscus flour mm-hmm. that my mom boils and that and extract the juice out of it. Basically, let like it said, it's a red kind of—it tastes like grape juice— but has this unique taste to it and this unique color to it. Um, So we have that hibiscus flower juice, and then we have the ginger. Basically, we take the roots of the ginger, uh, blend it to grind, and then absorb the juice out of it. Uh, So far, those are the two uh, traditional, authentic African drinks that we have right now.
1: Okay. yeah, I I really enjoyed, I'm enjoying the show. As I said, I enjoyed it. There was a fish dish that we had in Ghana, and I can't remember what it was, but it was delicious because both my wife and I enjoy the spicy food. I look forward to visiting your restaurant.
4: Oh, thank you, thank you. And about the fish, we we do have a whole tilapia fish that we used to have with the yasser. Um, and, but we noticed it was um, not a lot, of, a lot of people are familiar seeing a whole fish with the head <laughs> on the plate. So uh, it was strange for some people. Uh, so we started basically changing it to introduce salmon with the fish uh, with the yasa which is the onion marinated onion with the uh, mustard Uh, but yeah if you come in what I usually tell customers feel free to call us, tell us, I have, I've been to Africa and I've tried this cuisine. Can you make it for me? And I will be happy to make it for you.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, that's a great answer. Dr. Smith, I, I believe we should meet you for lunch over there.
4: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see you there.
3: Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for the call. always appreciate you
2: listening to our show. Malcolm, do we have time for one one more good question from me? I have always wanted to understand more about cassava, and I know that that is one of one of the pillars of your cuisine. Yes. And it's, it's used like, what what does it taste like? I know it's a, a tuber.
4: Mm-hmm. Cassava is, um, one of the items that we have when we use cassava is, uh, for example, we call it fufu. Right, fufu. So basically, pounded. We basically take the cassava. It's like a mashed potato, right? So it's a mashed cassava uh, that is pounded, and it comes in a basically white ball, looking like. So by itself, uh, it doesn't taste much, right? So you need to eat it with something else, because um, it's basically taking mashed potato and eating it by itself without anything, unless you mix it with, um, uh, uh, like, you add some salt. You have some um, people who mix it with different types of stews, but we have it right now with the uh, okra beef soup. So it's, it's, we use okra and beef uh, to eat it with. But by itself, I always recommend, we have customers who want to just try it by itself. I always recommend trying with some kind of steel. And the steel that we have is we have one with melon seed, crayfish, which is degusi. Uh, it's one of the most popular uh, food items in uh, in West Africa. And then we have the one with the okra beef soup that I just mentioned. Uh, but, yeah, the cassava is a very interesting. It's just the root, like the tube that you said. Uh, we boil it and then mash it, you know, to basically look like mashed potato. And we, we see
2: just, it in the grocery stores. You know, you, you have potatoes. Yeah. Then you have sweet potatoes. And then you have this kind of sweet potato-ish, you will kind of walk right by. Right, right, so. yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a very, very interesting food because... Um, when we say cassava, not a lot of people know what cassava is, and it, it just takes me back to the whole idea why we introduced an African restaurant here, basically to introduce, uh, to help people become more aware of the type of cuisines that we use uh, in Africa and what we use in our food, and cassava is one of the items that people are really interested to know. Oh, wow, this is something that uh, I've seen, but I've heard about it, but I've never really tried it, uh, and, but they have an opportunity to do that now.
0: Do you use sweet
4: potatoes? Sweet potatoes, not we don't we don't have a cuisine that we use it at the moment. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Cabbage is big.
4: Yes, cabbage. Basically, cabbage comes with a lot of our food uh, items. Um, we have cabbage that comes with. Uh, it's basically stir fried cabbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we chop it into various tiny pieces and then mix with uh, mixed vegetable options. Uh, And then it's basically stir-fried to accompany the oxtails, the curry chicken, and all the items that we have. Um, But, yeah, going back to the cassava, it basically comes with, for example, the jollof rice that we have. It comes with cassava. Uh, It's a whole, basically we cut it into basically half, and then it comes with that and the whole carrot as well.
2: Well, I hope next time I come in that you will be there and you will push me into some different dishes. I tend to do the same ones over and over, so I I want to expand my uh,
4: vocabulary. I would would love, I would love to do that. I would love to do, and it's an opportunity just to explore. More items, you know, and see which one you like, or, and and you would be able to say, oh, I've tried all these kinds of food, and like I said, uh, even if it's not on the item, but you've you've seen it somewhere, you heard about it, or you visited Africa and had it somewhere, just talk to us. You know, I've had this food before, or heard about it. I wanted to try. It, can you make it for us? Because we've had customers with events who call in and say, I want to try this food, or can you make it for me? Even though it's not on menu, can you make it for me? So we can uh, basically have it in our family, and we love to help.
2: And I, I know I saw on your website that you cater to, So I'm sure that's a business that's going to grow. As, yes, this yes, season.
4: Yes, and that came from customers asking us to do that because we didn't plan to do that. Customers say, you know, we some we have customers that travel two hours just to come right. to dine with us, and they they've asked, you know, can you cater so we can just buy a whole lot? Where we have an event uh, and just take it with us. Yeah.
0: Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today and we wish you great success uh, thank you. and uh, we can't wait to get back into Sambu's African kitchen for another meal.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Well, we'll be there anytime.
0: All right, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like yourself, and we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Carol Palmer, myself, and Joseph Sambu, I'm Malcolm White, and we enjoy having you every Monday morning right here on Deep South Dining, heard exclusively on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB, the number four, car. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go.
3: Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together.